Coming up this week on an all-new Tavern Cast. The cast... It, it, uh, let me try over again. This week on an all-new Tavern Cast. Special interview... I just, you know... Oh, check that out. That is awesome! That looks so cool. I love Outlands. It's all fiery. And, okay, sorry. Focus, focus. <coughs> This week on an all-new tavern cast, more beer, ones that we drink. <sighs> Just not. Hold on, what? Wait, let me work on this. Oh, ding! Hey, everybody! I just dinged. Congratulate me! Thank you. Oh, I love getting the congratulations. Okay, wait, sorry. Focus, focus. Grats, Infernoville. Thank you. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> This week on an all-new Tavern Cast, Kern Kater finally shows her picture. Wait, hold on, what is this new? Oh, look at that green. It's better than the epic I have. Oh my god, that is so awesome. I, wanna, I think I'm going to bid 50 DKP. Oh wait, there's nobody around. It's a quest reward. I don't even have to use my DKP points. Awesome. Uh, oh, focus. The... Ah, forget it. Screw Taverncast. I'm playing in Outland. Welcome to the Thunderbrew Distillery here in Cavernous Dunmore. Dust off your favorite drinking mug, order up a pint of Rhapsody Malt, and settle in. It's time for another round of Taverncast with your hosts, Cromley, Eloysius, Inferno Bill, and Kern Kater. We'll bring ye tools, tips, tales, and tricks from the great world of Warcraft. Hey everybody, welcome to Taverncast show number 31. This is Kern Katera. This is Aloysius. This is Cromley. And this is Infernal Bill. Be sure to check us out online at www.taverncast.com. And uh, if you want to be on the show, give us a little story or something interesting to listen to, give us a call at 734-418-8727 on our Skype line. Or the Skype username, Taverncast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So hey everybody, come check us out at www.taverncast.com. If you've never checked us out, or even if you are one of our regulars, we've got an all-new look to us. It's uh, it's fantastic, it's burning crusade it's um, unbelievable. You're going to check it out, you're going to go like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is the greatest website ever! And then you're going to realize it's Taverncast, it's not all that exciting. But nevertheless, it's exciting for us. So check us out. Gromley, tell us about the mm. new features on the new Taverncast site that Gromley has built. <laughs> Well, there will be all the blog-type features. So everyone will have a blog, including oh. Bill. We let Bill have a blog. Uh, you'll be able to leave comments on blog entries and on show notes. There'll be show notes for every show. There'll be links to music used in every show. It's basically an all-new site, all-new content, everything. And cast bios, yeah, media bios, and cash. Pictures of us. Job opportunities. Pictures of us. Yeah. Career opportunities. Treasure. Hot porn. Tre- oh, wait. <laughs> wait a minute. Hang on. <laughs> We're not that kind of site. <laughs> I fell into a burning ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher. And it burns, burns, burns. The ring of fire. The ring of fire. What are we drinking this week? You're in a hurry. Okay, this week uh, we have adopted a beer shooter 
uh, and added some different ingredients and turned it into a drink that we fondly call the Burning Crusade. Mm. Drum roll, please. Dun, 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 dun. So before we do this, let's. Uh, I, I will tell you what the ingredients are. What? Thank you. Thank you. That was the highest pitched snare drum I've ever heard in my life. What was sure, what that? The that was, was the Jihad and the Fire It was from uh, the Chevy Chase, um, whatever. It reminds me, remember that Chevy Chase uh, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Where he's sitting there getting ready for the Christmas lights and he goes, Russ, drum roll, please. And he, the kid's like, and then like the old mom's like, and, they're all, and, he's, and he goes, joy to the world. And then he does it, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Thank you. My fire's out. Bill, you know, that was a nice story. But um, Cromley's fire's out now. You just Way don't to go. My fire, Bill. Way to go. Look, we didn't stop the leave? fire, man. It was always burning <laughs> since the world's been turning. Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, this is a shot and a about three-quarter fill glass of beer. So what we've got is we've got um, Boddington's uh, <laughs> in a glass, three-quarters of the way full. And then we have a shot glass filled with one-half amaretto, one-half whiskey, and basically topped off on the top layer with 151, which is uh, rum. Bacardi rum, and it's incredibly flammable. It bursts, it ignites into flame. Mm-hmm. There'll be and pictures on our new site. It's so 75. Molotov cocktail. It's 75% alcohol by volume, so it's pretty high content, which is why it can burn so well. So we took our shot glasses, and we filled it with the intoxicating concoction, and lit the thing on fire. And we are now going to take the shot glass and drop them into the three-quarter filled glass of beer, which will instantly mix it, put out the flames, and we will drink molten, the entire thing. molten Molt- beer amaretto Slam whiskey mixture as fast so as now we can. Two of our I'm so are scared. Welcome to college. So only Kern is doing it. Yeah. Welcome okay. to the Burning Crusade. All right, Bill, go. so pick, pick up your shot. Hold on, no, no, Bill's got to get his shot ready. Okay, guys. Okay, three, two, Yee. one, drop them. Oh, not that mess. hard. <laughs> okay, drink, 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 drink. <sighs> oh. Wow. Cheers, good. cheers, cheers. Sweet. Uh, that was uh, delicious. Uh, All right. Oh, my gosh. Wow. We now have um, uh, Boddington's all over the studio, so give us a second. Welcome to the oh, Burning Crusade! Woo-hoo-hoo! Burning Crusade, baby! Level 70, here it comes! What other podcast does this? Safety tip for people who may want to try that. Fire's hot. Yeah, never pour. If you're going to use 151, you can set it on fire. It is extremely flammable, and it spreads like napalm. So make sure you got a little room on top of your glass, and whatever you do, do not pour a flaming drink. Because then it's like you're pouring liquid fire, and anywhere it spatters, it catches things on fire. And Taverncast does not want to be sued. Our fire resistance (laughs) is not that high. Oh, that was good. That was actually a very tasty drink. It was a, it was a nice shooter. I like it. Kind of sweet. So I just want to give a special thanks to Matt Gilman and the folks over at X-Fire for having me on the debate club panel. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun just to debate about the game for an hour. And I know they're going to have a lot of success with upcoming events in the debate club. So be sure to check them out at www.xfire.com. I gotta say, I have never met a woman this into World of Warcraft. I... It's a silent passion of mine. Oh, as it is with all of us. I'm, uh, 
level 75 mage, uh, specializing in engineering and jeweling. You? Oh, wow, level 75. Uh, uh, me, I'm only 50. Uh, well, I had the beta of the expansion pack, so I sort of had a leg up on most people. What's your race? Mage. You know, I, I'm trying to increase my enchanter skills, but I don't know, it's just, it's not going very well. Oh, I disagree, Bill. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be so forward. No, 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 go be forward. I'm... Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Okay, guys, so, Bill, what'd you do this week? For any of you that missed it, we actually released a, a special Taverncast edition for the Burning Crusade. So be sure to check out your uh, iTunes feeds where we actually went in and Eloy uh, dropped down the entire um, server. Yeah. Actually, it was not a coincidence. He pulled the pit boss all the way to the dark portal and the entire server collapsed and didn't come up for hours and hours. And then a bunch of other servers too, which was obviously Eloy's fault. It's a coincidence. Coincidence? I think I not. highly doubt it. Haters. But once the servers actually came back up, I've been, uh, I did two things. I, I started a Blood Elf Paladin, of course, and then I, um, actually got Infernal Bill to level 62. Nice. So, well, I haven't been pushing too hard. I've been saying all along that I very much wanted to enjoy the new content, and that's been my goal. Basically, you start out in this whole new Hellfire Peninsula area that looks like the landscape of Mars, and it's, um, it's exciting. There's just, tons and tons of quests and it's quest after quest after quest and, and I'm actually reading the quests and figuring out what to do and there's a few of them that are witty there's a few of them that are actually interesting from a from a I wouldn't say a lore point of view but maybe just a, well okay maybe that is a lore point of view but it's um it's really cool I've been having a ton of fun doing that the weird thing though is going into outland with pretty much everybody else and their brother that place is so jam-packed, at least on our server in Whisperwind, which yeah, is no a doubt. pretty large server. I, th- I think we're, like, number 20. Not only is it lag city. Okay, so forget about the lags and the crashes during peak times. Even during non-peak times, every area you go in is extremely well-farmed. The problem with that is is that we're doing these quest lines, or I'm doing these quest lines, that aren't the way they're supposed to be. They're not designed for you to just walk right in and and complete the quest, you know. But with thousands of people there, pretty much everything is dead. The challenge is actually targeting the mob, getting the mob to be, you know, yours, doing enough initial damage to it that it's, it becomes like your mob when you so you can loot it. Mm-hmm. It's a different experience going through this as opposed to going through it, I would imagine, in, you know, in a few weeks even, or even if I ultimately want to level up my paladin to level whatever and get to this part of the game. I would imagine it's going to be a completely different thing. But it's fun. It, it seems to be clearing out a little bit. The whole wave of people are moving through. People are starting to spread. The real hardcore people are, are way far into different zones. There's still a lot of people in this initial zone, but it's definitely clearing up. So this week has been a lot of Burning Crusade madness in uh, Hellfire Peninsula, and I, for one, have been enjoying it. How about you, Kerenkater? What have you been doing? So I took, my, I took Siobhan, my level 60 character, and I ran her through... Uh, Silver ran her through the new um, Blood Elf areas, and I got all the way to Silver Moon. And, and it, God, what a beautiful city! I'm not going to talk more about it because um, I wouldn't want to ruin it. But it's it was just absolutely breathtaking getting through the Ghostlands and the Scar and and getting into the into Silver Moon City. But the thing is, is that 
all the quests that tell you about the about the lore of the area and about the development of the Blood Elves aren't showing up as as question marks or as pickable things because I'm too high level. And so I could go there and I could see everything, but I really wouldn't get anything out of it. So I realized, you know what, I'm just going to get the flight point for future reference and leave. So I didn't do any exploring. I didn't do any um, talk to any NPCs. I didn't find it where anything was. I just took one look at the art, thought about that and said, you know, I'm just going to wait. So I'm not, I haven't rolled up any, any new races. I'm not planning on it for a while. Um, I'm just going to work on getting Kern Kater, I'm sorry, getting Siobhan up in level, um, out in Hellfire Peninsula and having a good time out there. So Cromley, what'd you do this week? Uh, well, as you may expect, I played a little bit of the Burning Crusade. Installed fine, unlike some people I know. And, um, <laughs> I was there, well, as you heard, I was there when we all stepped through the portal and, you know, Eloy crashed the servers and pretty much after after that, uh, the next couple of days after that, every time I tried to play, the same thing happened. I don't know if it was Eloy then too, but I'm willing to blame him. Um, <laughs> he keeps pulling the pit boss. Damn it! <laughs> I just stand at the gate just because of you and I just constantly <laughs> he just wait. He boss. just waits. And then as soon as, yeah. as he sees Cromley has logged in, he aggros the pit boss and it, crashes the server. Extremely amusing. <laughs> You need to get some hobbies, man. Click. That's all I can say. Click, <laughs> click. No, so w- when the server hasn't been crashing, I've been I've been contending with the lag and the um, incredible numbers of people farming everything in sight. But actually, I, I was able to play a couple times during the day, like over my lunch break, and that wasn't too bad. Um, if I play at night, I tend to get killed by mobs <laughs> because um, some of the respawns are pretty crazy. I think they have them turned way up to you know deal with all the players who are there. And so if you're lagging plus you get that it's actually it's, i found uh, out something about the response they said that blizzard set it so that it responds <laughs> at a rate that's commensurate with how many players are in the zone okay so if you've got sense. like a bazillion players in the zone they're going to respawn really yeah. fast there's a few times i would literally kill something be fighting you know its buddy and then the original thing i killed would respawn while i'm still fighting and kill mm. me and then you know with lag and stuff it makes it awful hard to get heals off or you know things like that. I mean, you sometimes that, you can blame that on me too. Actually, yeah. Okay. Okay. Was I standing over or DPS. there in the corner, angling something to make you, that rebound? You exist. More nuts. More All nuts. lag derives from more nuts. So I've done that. I haven't made a blood elf. I don't really have any intention of making a blood elf or Dran. Although I did take one of my alts over to the blood elf area and I, today, and I've done a, a couple quests there. So that was pretty cool. That's... Wait, so you didn't start a new blood elf? You just no, took an alt no. over there? Yeah. Well. I... I just I have so many alts right now that the last thing I really feel like doing is starting yet another one, and I don't know what I'd make anyways. So I just I what had else? a level fourteen or something <laughs> like that. Well, I mean, in terms of class, I don't know what I'd make. I know. I, I had a warlock, so I just brought him over. See, Bill equals asshat. Thank you. I was just about <laughs> to work asshat into something. Yeah, actually. Pun intended. So Eloy, what'd you do this week? Well, this was Blood Elf Paladin Madness week for me. I actually a pally. I'm still not in Outlands. I um I went through the uh, yeah, I went either. through the portal the first night, the night that everyone heard that we recorded, and I haven't been back since. So, um, actually, that's not entirely true. Today, I finally was able to kind of clear out my bank, clear out my bag space on my main. Yeah, I saw you were selling one of your your items. So. Yeah, well, it was sad. I was selling all kinds of old stuff. It was shed, Dubai, shed a single tear. No point. Yeah, hang of an onoxus, no more. It's gone. It's in vendor heaven. Really? Hey, yeah. let's go get Eloy his uh, fang of anoxus. Yeah, we're all gonna go. Gone, vendor. Yeah, and in in, in three seconds. Bleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm actually I went through the portal again uh, this afternoon and stopped at uh, Thralmar and went into the inn and that's where I logged off. So I will probably explore that sometime next week. But um, no, I, I started my Blood Elf Paladin. 
Um, I decided, actually, I told I told people that I would say on the show what happened with this. So I, I'm playing a, a male Blood Elf Paladin and not a female. And what happened is, is that, <gasps> I know, so I, I know I said I was going to, I even, I had gone through, um, I think I had told people here that I was, I had gone through uh, that, that mod that allowed you to look at the characters. The model I, viewer. The model mm-hmm. viewer, right, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, I had, you know, gone through all the permutations and picked out a female character model I liked and the whole nine yards. And um, I got in there, and I started looking through the female stuff. I made the one that I wanted. I played her for about a half a level and decided that I didn't like some of the minor changes they made with the animations, and I didn't like seeing it actually in motion and fluid. It wasn't... It, it, it almost seemed like she was too prissy. It's like, as she was swinging the big sword, she's got her pinkies extended. She's like, die! Like, oh my god! Like, die, okay? You know? Like, oh my god! You're like... You're like a, a wretched mana fiend! Oh my god! You changed from a female blood elf paladin to a male blood elf paladin because of her pinkies? Dude, basically it's because really I couldn't... No, as much as I found it amusing, I couldn't play Paris Hilton as a paladin. <laughs> and that was the problem. She was like the goth Paris Hilton, and it was really disturbing. Like, so um, so I rolled a, a male, and, and I actually I was hesitant at first because the reason I didn't like the males in the first place was because of their animations and emotes and stuff like that. But Blizzard Sense seems to have gone back and then tweaked some of that stuff, they definitely tweak the facial models. The facial models of both the women and the men are different than I than what I saw in the character model. They seem to have been tweaked a bit, and so they're not as um, their like, posture also isn't quite as haughty as it was before. Yeah, they're not so fashionista anymore. They're not so uh, uh, <laughs> metrosexual. Was Somewhere on our board, was it on our board? Someone said Ryan Seacrest. I think is the word like looking a, for. <laughs> a bunch of Mac users after an art convention and hey hey California hey. Wait a minute. You can take that attitude right out to the car, mister. thing that's really cool about it, the reason that I'm really having a lot of fun and I haven't gone back onto my quote-unquote main, which God knows, I mean, it may not be my main um, if I like the Paladin too much, but I haven't done it because it's it's really been very cool, again, to feel like you're on the ground floor. This feels to me like playing through the first release of the original game again in the first weeks of the game. You know, you're starting out. You've got um, you've got people around you that are all on similar levels, and you're moving up. So, like, you know, when they say the blood elves are new to the game, and all the quests kind of talk about how you know, welcome, you're new to the horde or whatever. If you were doing this eight months from now, it would be kind of stupid. It's like, hello, Eloisius, you are new to the horde. Welcome. Feel free to explore Orgrimmar, and I'd be like. Yeah, whatever. I'm like the level 30 when there's level 60s walking around Orgrimmar with, you know, full-out armor. So, uh, yeah, it is nice to be on the bleeding edge, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. I really like the Pally again. It's been good fun. You know, all I can say is I'm a little disappointed that you didn't make a female, but still, welcome back, Paladin Bright. <laughs> <laughs> Shining light to every face Shines for all to see To make the world a better place Rainbow Bride and me Brings a shine 
We've got a clip to play for you guys here that's from one of our Tavern Cast Oceanic crew members, Tuscan Salami, who's way down in the land of uh, New Zealand. He is one of the members of the Pod People, who, um, one of the first members who got to 70. Um, he's got some pretty interesting points that he wants to share with us about, uh, about his trip there. So here we'll hear from Tuscan. Getting to level 70 in just under a fortnight since the release of The Burning Crusade has just been a blast. It wasn't about the status why I pushed so far. It was because I was simply having too much fun to stop. That, and taking two and a half weeks off work just to immerse myself in the game completely. At first it was just having fun and enjoying the quests, not to mention having a good run of luck sniping the mobs I needed for quests as they spawned, which in turn helped me get ahead of the main influx of players by the time I reached Sankamash. But the real motivation came around level 63 or 64, I can't really remember. Me and Kinsu had decided to take a run through to Area 52 in Netherstorm, and the trip simply blew my mind. Running through Blades Edge Mountains was impressive enough, with so much variety in the scenery and the mobs running about. I also had several really nice surprises in store, but I don't want to spoil them for others. And then, on entering Netherstorm, it was like stepping through the dark portal all over again. I simply fell in love with how cool the place looked, the landmass splintering apart in a far more advanced state than Hellfire Peninsula, and the thunderstorms rumbling through the dark purple skies just topping off the atmosphere. And then the first glimpses of the mana forges and the biodomes on top of everything else just further reinforced my mind on what a fantastic job Blizzard had done with the expansion. And that's what really started pushing me forward once I'd seen that. Just the excitement that I'd actually get to experience playing in the content that I'd seen. But despite levelling so fast, I still don't consider myself to have really rushed it, and I made sure that I read every single piece of quest text, explored all the interesting nooks and crannies I came across, mined every vein I could see, even took the time out to do a little fishing. Some guildies called me a machine for the hours I was putting into the game, but it was just because I was consistently playing so much on my holiday from work. But despite having reached 70 already, and essentially cleared through whole five zones entirely, it still feels like I've only seen the tip of the iceberg so far, especially with the freedom and access that a flying mount has given me. And on top of all that, being able to help out the other pod people with their quests feels great too, knowing where to go, what to do, not to mention the additional firepower to help burn down mobs where needed. Just being able to give others a helping hand helps everyone in the guild's progression to be able to finally access the high-end content that we can only do together. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, prepare yourself to be amazed through the dark portal as you enter Hellfire Peninsula. We all went through, we all saw Hellfire Peninsula. We're all out there. It's basically the face of Mars. We just wanted to give you a little more lag. Yeah. A little more lag, a little more air. More crashes, too, I would assume. It's an interesting area. I think, as we mentioned earlier, there's just so many quests that are out there. I mean, everywhere you go, you you know, it basically leads you by the hand to the next step, almost like a starting area zone. And you almost forget how much experience you need to get from to level. I mean, you, Mm -hmm. you take a look down, and it's like, my God, I've got to get half a million points of experience to get over half a million to get to the next level. 
But then all of a sudden, when you kill a mob, you find you're you're doing a thousand. You're getting a thousand experience. Well, you, you have a lot of rested XP for over sixty levels. So if you've been there for a year, <laughs> and you turn in a quest, uh, ten thousand experience apiece. I mean, for like one where you just run from one place to the next. So it ends up going very very quickly. Here's one tip. I don't know if if you guys know about this, but when you first go into the zone, I highly recommend doing the PvP uh, quest as your number one thing. Um, it's a repeatable quest. You can pick it up in Thralmar, which is the very first area you get into. There, it's like Eastern Plaguelands or Thilithith. Thilithith. Hi, more beer. Is Silithus. There are three areas that you need to take over in the same way. And if you take over all three of them, you complete the quest. And you turn that in, you get little marks. And if you turn in five marks, you will get a. It's not a trinket, but it's a usable item, say. And the usable item, I forget exactly what the stats are, but it increases the rate at which you gain honor with Thralmar hmm. as well as your experience by like 5% or something like that. It's not a whole lot, but it is a significant amount that will help you increase your rep with Thralmar, which is good because there's a Thralmar vendor that sells you stuff based on your experience as well as um, increasing your experience directly, which is good for obvious reasons. And some of those are socketed too, aren't they? Oh, the items that you buy? Yeah. Yeah, I think there were some. Yeah, I think you're right. You can actually buy gems or something, can't you? Yeah, you can. There's could. some really awesome stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. I haven't looked at it too close. Really sweet stuff. Yeah, I think I hit Honored, and there was a ring that I bought that was ridiculous. I mean... Well, it's cool to get new items, so... Yeah, I know. There's, um, there's a gem vendor right in there in the inn in Thralmar that you can purchase the gems from, but then when you get the when you get the required reputation like you're talking about, you purchase the ring with the, the PvP marks, and uh, and you get... I think one of them is for uh, crit dispels, and the other one was for critical strikes or something like that. I'd look it up on ThoughtBot, but, well, there is no information that's out there right now. So Yeah, I'm sure it's... <laughs> and that's kind of the fun thing. Are you guys having as much fun as I am not knowing what's going on in, in Hellfire Peninsula and just kind of winging it? Most definitely. Yeah, so far it's it's actually not been too bad. I mean, the one thing I always use ThoughtBot for was when you get a quest that's... The, the, the description doesn't let you know exactly where you're supposed to go. And I don't enjoy just kind of wandering around trying to guess where I'm supposed to be to do whatever the quest is. But the ones in Hellfire have been pretty good in that, I mean, I read the quest text and I go where it says and I've been fine. So It's a really good point because they've been, I think Blizzard has clearly made a concerted effort to do yeah. that. To put yeah. it in the quest text and have you and noticed have it be that accurate. <laughs> yeah, have it been. Well, there's one that wasn't entirely accurate, but, you know, you figure yeah, that'll yeah. probably get tweaked at some point. Yeah. But the other thing that they did was they put, um, for the particularly hard ones, they put, you know, they'll say it's a group, and then they'll say the number of people that they recommend should be in your group, like two or three. I think a two or three is all I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was pretty helpful. Yeah, yeah I noticed that, too. Um, I When I saw, pulled it up in my my quest log where it said group next to it where it used to say um, raid or, or yeah, something or like that something. I was wondering what that was right. and it said usually two people that was really really helpful because that way you're not wasting your time running to that part of the that part of the map mm-hmm. expecting mm-hmm. to be able to meter this out solo and uh, get yourself ganked in the face so yeah. absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah Blizzard's definitely making the concerted effort to help us along it's funny though because I don't really want too much help in this I, I'm enjoying the experience of looking around and you know trying to find things on my own but it's funny i almost have to turn off the general general chat chat. oh my gosh there are definitely people on the opposite end of the spectrum that (laughs) that ask where everything is sure it's kind of like the barons asking for mancrick's wife (laughs) yeah yeah where is mancrick's wife (laughs) 
the other thing that totally blew me away is the amount of gold that I've been that I've been getting. And I don't know, Kern. We've been you and I met, talked about it earlier today, but I'll tell you with these quest rewards, each quest that you turn in, if you do instead of grinding necessarily, if you just do the quests and do the grinding that's required for the quests. Each quest you turn in is upwards of two gold just for the turn in. Then you have the quest item that you get, and that can be upwards of six gold just to vendor a, an, um, a, a quest item that you get. And then the greens and the blues that sometimes drop, those are of equivalent value. So I would say in about three or four days of just playing and questing and not really grinding a ton, I've made mm, 150, 175 gold just by vendoring stuff. Yeah. That's unreal. Well, on the other hand, though, when you go to train up, like, your new skills and stuff, those all cost money, too. Like, I, I um, trained my herbalism and alchemy up, you know, so I could go past 300, and that was 10 gold each. So I mm-hmm. think it's probably also the costs are increasing as well. Well, see, my oh, comment yeah. to you earlier, Bill, was <clears> that I don't know where you're doing all this stuff at the same time. True to form, I'm not really doing much on the way of quests. I'm kind of running around and looking at stuff and standing there looking at the sky and wondering how this that works. doesn't make much money, yeah. yeah. You don't make much money looking at the sky. Not, not no. so much, no. But Unless I, you're an astronomer. That's true. But um, <laughs> yeah, true. I guess I really need to kind of turn in and actually do more of those quests. But when you said you were making like 150 of the spend three to four days, it just absolutely blew my mind. I've never had that much on my character. I think the most I've ever had is like 60 or something. And I quickly spend it because I'm always making potions or doing other things and buying things off the auction house. So mm. I don't know. Hmm. I, I still have to get my epic mount, so I hope it keeps uh, more. increasing in terms of money that you get. Cry more. <laughs> the other thing that's totally blown me away is the loot that we've been getting. And I know we've been saying on this show for over and over and over and over that it's not about the loot, it's about having fun and enjoying the people and enjoying your time in the game and treating it like, you know, a, 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 you know, a hobby, essentially, and not as a, a, a grinding job. Mm-hmm. But I finally, but over months and months and months, I finally got my character to look the way I want him to be. I got him tweaked out just about right. I mean, I haven't gotten into any serious rep grinds like a lot of other people, but... You know, I, I, I do feel that I've gotten used, at least, to the way my character looks, and yeah. you look kind of cool. Now, <laughs> there's all these... Welcome like, back to leveling up. It is. Like, I forgot that when I was leveling up, I was the dumbest-looking warlock on the server. You, know, you, you got, may like, be the only orc shirt. warlock on the server, so... <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's Which, by the way, I mean... The orc racial, there's a trinket that you get um, as a, that's a quest reward that gives you 120 plus damage, and the orc racial is 120 plus damage. Nice. And then you have all this hodgepodge of equipment. So for like 15 seconds before any battle, I think I'm starting out with 836 damage. Oh my gosh. Uh, 836. That's a lot of damage. Se- that's like all my dots. I just unload all my dots on a mob. And then go and away. Good night, everybody. Thanks for playing. Sit down, yeah, have some, yeah. Oh, that answers why you've pwned me so easily when we're dueling. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, um, yeah. He's damaged Shh, don't Blizzard. Hopefully Blizzard is not listening. Shh. But nothing drives home harder for me, the idea of loot not having the importance that it once had with all the new stuff that we're getting. And I'm sure... We're gonna get. We're all gonna get to end game soon enough, and then it's gonna be how do you, you know, tweak get, out just yeah. that little bit of performance even better, and there's gonna be a grind on those instances. But yeah. you know, between now and then, I'm very much enjoying it. Looking stupid, <laughs> running around. <laughs> That's my whole goal, man. That's shirt. why I run around with giant clothes hangers on my shoulders. 
So one place I haven't been to is Shatrath City. There hasn't been a quest that's led me down there. But I think, Kern, you've been down there, haven't you? Oh, yeah. This place is the bee's knees, let me tell you. That's good, right? <clears throat> yeah. Be, have, being the bee's, the bee's knees? have knees. That's a good they thing. actually like they do. Something. They actually do. Yeah, With okay. be, having uh, having six legs, that lingo, makes them so. six, <laughs> six knees. Do they have There's two or three knees. segments to each leg? I think I had, it's three. Yeah. That would make them having oh. have 12 knees. That's, that's pretty important. That's a lot important. of knees. So Shatrath City is located in um, Terracar Forest, and how you get there is is really a, a good um, trip in and of itself. If you run all the way to the west of Hellfire Peninsula and through the marshlands, there are signs that take you down directly to Shatrath City, which is the first major area in Terracar Forest. The whole story behind Shatrath City is that it's it's run by... Uh, a Nehru named Adai. The Nehru are a beautiful light thing. It's this rotating, splintered-looking oh, okay. yeah, thing, it and it floats in the air. I think they look like those things from Tron. The things that were t- chasing the light tanks <laughs> in the one part that looked like they've got long legs with like inward-facing feet. There's a 68.71% chance you're right. Oh, I don't think so at all. Heads. I don't. That, but I mean, the tank, the, the not the tank, the, the stomper the, things that turn around and went bam. I yeah. don't think so. Well, no. because they're segmented though, and they've got like mm. the the all the pieces are segmented, and how the the things in Tron blew apart. I think and their computer like graphics. That. If you combine that with the beings of the Skeksis and the Gelfling from the Dark Crystal, the big white glowy things at the end of the movie, see Bill smiling. He knows what I'm talking about. The big. I'm not sure. Dark Crystal. He's just a huge Dark Crystal fan. That's all it is. Yeah. Feel the power of the Dark Crystal. Yeah, did Bill's, somebody say a Gelfling? No, Bill's like the huge <laughs> <laughs> dark crystal fan. He likes to dress up as the little the character. But from if, dark you, <laughs> if you, if <laughs> you, it's okay, Bill. It's nothing yeah. to be ashamed of. Jim, Jim. <laughs> no, I don't know if you guys know this, but I mean, Bill was at the furry convention last week, and he dressed up as a Skeksis, so he's, he's really big, you know. And the, the whole thing. Gelfling, the furry convention. Did you just say the furry convention? No, I definitely did not. There's got to be one in not, California somewhere. Uh-huh. I'm not, sure there is. Nothing, in fact, there's nothing wrong with furries, really. I'm not. I don't even know what Actually, you're talking about. Is that like Robin Williams convention? <laughs> Gross. Gross. Well, anyway, when you run into into Shatrat, there's a, a guy who'll meet you on the bridge, and he's got a quest for you. And the quest that he picks you up picks that you pick up from him will take you right into the center of town, to the center of the main narrow. And the center of town is really it's hey the hub of the city. Hmm. But the <laughs> reason the reason why it's so important is because there's a the Nehru's at the center, and then there's a guy down there named Cadgar. Hey, where have you heard that before? Cadgar's Is he the Cadgar? Cadgar's whiskers. Hello. Really? Yes, it's the Cadgar. The Cadgar from what, the lore. What is he? He's a mage. Yeah, human? What, what is He's he? a human mage. Do you know the backstory of Cadgar? Yeah, Cadgar was the, was the main apprentice to Mediv. And uh, if you remember who Mediv was. I, I think that's pronounced that Mediv. Mediv, Mediv. You, know. you know what? Asshat? No, it's, it's actually <laughs> pronounced Ace Hat. Ace Hat. <laughs> With anyway, no, that's as cool. Weepe. Cool. As Johnson. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Aswipe Johnson. That's pronounced as Weepe. It's American <laughs> Indian. <laughs> if you talk to talk to Nehru, and then he he pushes you off to Cadgar because he's busy. 
the coolest part of this, when you're running up to the center of town, you get the quest from the guy and you look up and there's this huge shaft of light that's coming up right from the center of town that goes up into the sky. Kind of reminiscent of the whole thing that they did with the two tower, the Twin Towers on 9-11, like the year mm. after where they shot, the they shot, yeah, the spotlights, they shot right up into the sky. Or like Tron where the light went right up into the sky. <laughs> exactly. Like, so or similar to saying. the Dark Crystal where they threw the shard in the at the end and, and the gelfling right. went, ah! Maybe it's like the end of Star Trek, the motion picture, when V'ger <laughs> consumes Ilea and Decker and the light goes into space. But that was a level 12 shockwave. Sorry. Red alert. Red alert. Gone. Anyway. Gone! <laughs> Coming full circle, Cadgar. Exactly. So so Cadgar then talks to you and tells you that he's going to give you a tour of the city, and he, he creates this um, thing that looks like a void walker, only it's kind of a peachish kind of color, and it takes oh. you... It's so cool. It takes you on a tour of the city and gives you lore about what's in the city, how the city was formed, and what the different the two factions that you can earn reputation with. You can only choose no one. It takes you through this the under part of the city where all the refugees are and tells you about the city and brings you right back to to Cadgar. And the NPC does. The NPC yeah. gives you like a tour a of the city. Yeah, the NPC has this minion that takes you on a tour of the city and gives you on the, the left hand side. If you direct your attention up the left hand side of the bus, you're gonna see and then the. They drop you off at the gift shop. Exactly. Do you know how badly yeah, someplace like, there's like Lucille Ball's house? Or, do you know how badly someplace like Thunderbluff or Undercity needed that? It's it is really yeah, the seriously. coolest thing I ever saw because I'm sitting here and I click on it and I didn't realize what was going on and it said, "Well, follow me," and I'm following and I'm reading the quest text and he actually says it to you in a whisper. So if you go through and you do it once, and you're not huh. paying attention. You can't do it again. Wow. So it's important when you click on him to actually sit there and read the stuff as he goes in. It's a lot of text. It's a wall of text. So it's good to be able, if you want to, go back and Yeah, and noob, it. whatever. Where do I grind out mobs? Exactly. <laughs> oh, but it's so cool, and it looks so neat. The coolest part of the city is is the center of the city where, where the, the chief Nehru is. And the reason why it's so cool is because on one side... You've got major mage portals to all the major cities. You can portal to Orgrimmar. You can portal to the Undercity. You can That's portal to Thunder handy. Bluff right from Shatrath. You can also portal that. to Falcon Watch. Which is in on the on the uh, on the peninsula, Hellfire Peninsula. Right. You can now, if you're Alliance on the other side of the of the city, this, so you can go to Ironforge, you can go to Stormwind, and you can go to Darnassus. It's too bad. All in this one, there. and that's <laughs> see, that's the reason why you should set your Hearthstone there once you decide on a faction. Now, deciding on the faction, there's two factions in the city, and you have to choose one. And when you choose one, you gain like two thousand reputation with one, and like negative two thousand with the other. It's um, like the Gelkar and the. Oh yeah, and the. Oh, it was yeah. Gelkar and the other guys. Fujitaka, uh, thousand needles. Yeah, the Fujitaka. That's yeah. exactly what it's, it was. Those guys Fuji in um, the Nakatura. <laughs> the hell, the, the guys from the bad guy from so Die Hard. No, those are in during Desolus, the, the, the centaurs. Gelkar and Magrin, or something like that. And we'll it's the same Bob thing. You got to pick one or the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why couldn't they just call him Bob and Joe? <laughs> oh, I have no, no idea. It'd be too easy to remember. Right. <laughs> well, instead of me trying to actually explain it to you, there's a couple paragraphs that come right out of uh, out of part of the lore that's been adopted for it. I think. Can you, you read guys... it like the lore, though, so we can get the paragraphs? The, you know, of do you want lore. me? To, do you want me to read it like the lore? <laughs> yeah. When the burning legion turned the orcs against the Draenei, the fiercest battle was fought in Shatrath. The Draenei fought tooth and nail, but in the end. The city fell. The city was left in ruins and darkness until the Shatar arrived. The Shatar, or born from light, 
are the Nauru that came to Outland to fight the demons of the Burning Legion. They were drawn to the ruins of Shatrath City, where a small remnant of the Draenei priesthood conducted its rites inside a ruined temple. The priesthood, known as the Aldor, quickly regained its strength as word spread that the Nauru had returned and reconstruction soon began. The ruined temple is now used as an infirmary for injured refugees. It wouldn't be long, however, before the city came under attack once again. This time, the attack came from Illidan's armies. A large regiment of blood elves had been sent by Illidan's ally, Kael'tha Sunstrider, to lay waste to the city. As the regiment of blood elves crossed the bridge, the Aldor's exarchs and vindicators lined up to defend the Terrace of Light. But then the unexpected happened. The blood elves laid down their weapons in front of the city's defenders. Their leader, Vorenthal, stormed into the Terrace of Light and demanded to speak to Adal. As the Naru approached him, Vorenthal keeled before him and uttered the following words. I've seen you in a vision, Eru. My race's only hope for survival lies with you. My followers and I are here to serve you. The defection of Vorenthal and his followers was the largest loss ever incurred by Kale's forces. These weren't just any blood elves. Many of the best and brightest among Kale's scholars and magisters had been swayed by Vorenthal's influence. The Naru accepted the defectors, who would be known as the Scryers. The Aldor are followers of the Light, and forgiveness and redemption are values they understand. However, they found it hard to forget the deeds of the Blood Elves while under Kael's command, many of the priesthood had been slain by the same magisters who now vowed to serve the Naru. They were not happy to share the city with former enemies. The attacks against Shatrath continued, but the city did not fall. On the contrary, the Naru, known as Siri, led a successful incursion into Shadowmoon Valley Illidan's doorstep. There he continues to wage war on Illidan with the assistance of the Aldor and the Scryers. The two factions have not given up on their old feuds. Such is the animosity that they vie for the honor of being sent to assist the Naru there. Each day that decision is made by Adal. The armies gather here in the city to receive Adal's blessing before heading to Shadowmoon. So the, there are the two factions that you have to choose from, the Aldor, the Scryers, that are in Shatrath City, and they each have kind of their own rise, kind of like Thunder Bluff. You have to pick one, and then you're in, and your hearthstone is set with that faction <laughs> on that rise. 
So once you pick that, the cool thing is, and this is this is way cool, is when you choose your faction, you get to ride this little uh, this little air elevator up to the top. You get out, and there's a, a room at the center of a of a of a rise, and there they've got the tier four and the tier five armor you can try on. It's pretty hot. <laughs> Fitting yeah. room. No question. The tier four and the tier five armor. It doesn't come out of instances. No, you it's, can purchase it. Is it rep it. stuff? Mm-hmm. It's Grind. like ZG mm-hmm. with with it's who? Like the, the elders ZG and stuff. the scryers. Correct. Hmm. No so kidding. is there a different mm-hmm. tier four for each group? Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. It's muy bueno. Uh, now that said, I have to tell you that I hate the priest sh- the priest shoulders. They look like they were they they didn't go in the dryer because they just sit there and they smoke. <laughs> Like it's a really cold day and you've got like hot, wet clothes on and they kind of glow and that's, that's they're cool. smoking. No, hot. it's stupid. That's hot. It's <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. <clears throat> Let me get this absolutely straight. So the Scryers and the Joes, they've you've got these two different factions. <laughs> Bob's and the Joes, and, ul- and ultimately you're going to have gear, like good gear, like tier four and tier five gear that's different, and you can't go back. So when you first select which faction you're going to go with you have to know where you want to end up is that is that what you're saying no 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 that isn't that isn't what i'm saying at all you don't have the reason why you choose a faction is because you get different rewards from different factions like for one faction magic dealing the magic damage dealers do well with the alder alder benefits than you do from a scryer benefits Hmm. uh feral druids get better enchants and better items from the scryers and there's actually on wow wiki they've got a great table you can look up that compares items side by side to be able to have a better understanding of what it is yeah, you're so looking check for. Check it out first. You know what's going to be interesting is that the Blizzard really has kind of hedged themselves in with these, with that kind of a system, because as we all know, with the non, with the base version of World of Warcraft, they constantly tweaked all these different aspects of the game. But it's what's going to happen. You know, months from now, when people, when everyone's already chosen their given faction, and then they start tweaking the quest rewards, we, it could be, it could be pandemonium. People are going to riot. Oh my oh, god, that's too bad, though. I mean, that's, I, I actually like that. I think that that's, um, that's another differentiation thing that, that I, I like that they do. Look, that, that's how look, you want the game to be realistic, right? And you want the game to, well, not everybody, too realistic. Well, but you want people yeah. to be different too. You want your character to be oh, yeah. then different than others. So being forced to make a choice like that doesn't seem negative to me. It seems positive. If you lose out because you choose one choice that doesn't quite give you something that the other choice does, but it gives you other bonuses in, in some other ways, I mean, that's that's the way it works. It's it's a trade off. You have to choose what you think is best for you, and I think the trade-off is positive. Mm-hmm. Plus, there'll probably be other stuff once you're, we're at 70 at that point. That My yeah, only, my, b- my big suggestion is to really take a look at the resources that are at hand for you before you choose which faction you want. Because once you choose, you really can't go back, and it's um, it could really it could really benefit you quite a bit. But the cool thing about this is that you guys remember a long, long time ago that I talked about how I really think that the end game of Warcraft, the end end game is going to be the Alliance and the Horde working together against the Burning Legion. Ultimately, I don't know if you guys remember yeah, that. Yeah, Sherman said the Wayback Machine for a long, long time ago. The cool thing is here is here is the na- the Naru is how you pronounce it, the Naru who are look like they could be the architects for this kind of an alliance because they are pulling the the Draenei um, are their are their chosen race and so they're pulling the alliance there but they also have the Horde side drawn in as well because of their being duped by the Burning Legion through the Orcs. Now here's the question: In Silvermoon City, you've got that captured Naru who is 
being sucked dry by the blood elves. So what's going to happen when the Nauru go to unite everything and here are the blood elves that are you know, kind of deceive them or whatever. What's going to happen they're with that? Screwed. Yeah, they're no screwed. doubt. No doubt. But the cool it's payback time. Exactly. Age. But they're all against the Burning Legion. Both the both both the Alliance and the <clears throat> Horde. And here's this intermediary race, non-playable race, that acts together. I think that really could work. So I think that my idea is going to come true. By what I've read about the Blood Elves, I'm not so sure the Blood Elves are are um, against the Burning Legion as much as they are afraid of the Burning Legion. Mm. Mm. I think if they could use the Burning Legion, they'd be happy to do so. Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah. So basically, the, the, the Naru then are the Organians from Star Trek slash the Here Watchers from Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. They bring all the heroes and villains together. The to Watchers, that's a, good, that's a good analogy, yeah. Okay. Uh, I get it. the hats. So anyway, so my suggestion is run run to Shatrath, um, do some research, pick your pick your faction, get your Hearthstone there, and set that as your home base because it's going to make your life a whole lot easier, and you're going to love your life. It sounds like it's that. worth it, even if you're not questing around there, just to have access to all. It's you're almost like a mage at that point. Yep. In fact, I wonder if the mages are going to be upset that they're not going to be as you know what I mean. Well, I don't think so because anyone else will still need take a portal. Need portal. Oh, but then you burn your Hearthstone. That's true. It's pretty cool though. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Very Bill, awesome. Bill is deep in thought. Well, I was just thinking about how the warlocks are already pissed about the meeting stone. So yeah, ma- warlocks and mages should unite so that we corner Strike. the market on portals and hearthing. I'm not or, pissed uh, about the meeting stones. It's just one last thing I have to bother with. I like getting bothered. I okay. like people saying, can I get a summon? Can I get a summon? Can I get a summon? How about some water? I'm a warlock. Oh, can I get a summon? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you see the red hat? I'm a warlock. <laughs> This is Zebros, a Tauran Druid from the Pod People on Whisperwind, with another segment on Reputation. And this time, it's the Argent Dawn, a cross-factional alliance of all the major races fighting the undead scourge in the eastern and western Plaguelands. Their main base of operations is at Light's Hope Chapel, but you'll also find them at the Bulwark and in the Chillwind Encampment if you're Alliance. It's a popular reputation grind, especially for those in the mid-50s, because the Eastern and Western Plaguelands can help you level up to 60 very quickly. And the two major instances in the region, Scholomance and Strathome, have excellent gear as well as reputation gains for the Argent Dawn. For maximum gain, pick up an Argent Dawn commission from one of the base camps and equip it whenever you're in the Plaguelands, because the mobs there and in the instances drop scourge stones of differing values that you can turn in for reputation and other items. Now the grind seems exceptionally easy at first because nearly any mob will give you reputation but by the time you hit Honoured it's only the elites that will give you reputation and by the time you hit Revered you're down to only the bosses in the instances and quest turn-ins in order to make progress. So it can be a very long grind towards the end particularly after you hit Revered. 
I've found the two quickest ways to exalt it are by repeated running of Skolo and Undead Strat. Skolo has 12 named bosses that can give you reputation, while a fast run of Undead Strat rescuing the Baron's prisoner in under 45 minutes is an excellent, time-efficient way of grinding rep. If you're soloing your way to Exalted, one of the best suggestions is the repeatable cauldron quests in the Western Plaguelands, which are quite easy for a level 60 to complete. And so why go through this grind? Well, as with any other reputation, it's the rewards. Getting to Exalted gets you free entry to Naxramus, the icy instance in the sky involving the Scourge, and also access to a lot of the craftsman's patterns that you'll need in order to get there with um, some heavy-duty frost resistance. But if you're not at that stage, don't worry, there's still plenty of rewards left over, including some epic equipment of the Dawn, such as the wonderful Talisman of Ascendance for casters and the Medallion of the Dawn for melee classes. There are many more armour and weapon items that are available, and it's worth checking these out before you decide to start this grind. Bear in mind some of them involve mini grinds of their own in collecting various items from around the world or crafting them yourself in order to turn in at the Eastern Plaguelands, but it's all helping you earn reputation as you go. That's all from me for now. Catch you next time. Time for this week's Burning Crusade tip of the show. Brought to you by... Your friend, Boddington's. Eloisius, and Boddington's, and this week's special sponsor, Asshat. I thought since there's all the, a, a bunch of new stuff going on in the game and new information out with the expansion, just just little things like changes to the character screen, changes to some stats and some things, um, just people new to things that they haven't played before, I thought that I would throw out a little, like, one-minute blurbs about something that could be new to people to help them out. So, so this week, Paladins. A lot of people haven't played a Paladin before, and since I just leveled up a Paladin again, uh, a lot. one of the consistent questions that I got asked of me through the first 20-odd levels is what to do with the seals. And I find that there's a lot of confusion out there about Paladin seals. So Don't club them. <laughs> well, a lot of people, I think, think that they, they run out, they, they charge the seal, they, they yeah, lay it on the Paladin. Shut up. What? <laughs> you know, I might Attack like seals? had seals falling around. Paladins <laughs> of the army <laughs> of seals. <laughs> now we got Bill going. <laughs> Anyways, you were talking about seals. So this week, <laughs> you know what I'm going to do with this, right? Every time you guys interrupt me, I'm just going to make it another take, and we're just going to keep going as long as it's last. That's fine. <laughs> if it's funny, I'm fine with it. <laughs> so... Seals. It, you get your seal of crusader and seal of... So, seals. You get your seal of crusader and your seal of righteousness. Go ahead, test me on this, Bill. A seal of Test me! Test me on it, ass hat! <laughs> what does a seal of righteousness look like? Seal is for swimming, lols. And that's your tip of the show about paladins. We'll see you next time. I'm Damage. Watch out for those killer whales. They're killer. People like riveted. They're like, oh my god, I want to know how to use seals. Bill, find out. shut up! Let him talk! <laughs> he like ends it. They're like, no! I've gone will travel reach the card of a man. A night without armor in a savage land. 
His fast gun for hire heeds the calling wind. A soldier of fortune is the man called Paladin. Paladin, Paladin, where do you roam? Paladin, Paladin, Home of the Blood Elves, Eversong Woods, and Ghostlands, levels 1 through 20. This is, um, I'm going to be talking about uh, what I've experienced all through the starting zones uh, with the Blood Elves. Just, it's kind of a review, basically, on the two brand new Blood Elf zones. And by the way, I do want to say our apologies to Alliance players. Um, you know, we all used to be Alliance players, so we're not, uh, we're not, we the light, we're not biased. It, this, we're not doing a pro horde show, it's just that we have not, uh, actually gone over and mess with the Alliance stuff yet. However, I've created a, a Draenei and we'll be working on that for future episodes to give some balance with the new Alliance. In content. 2009, so just stay tuned. <laughs> it very well could be. Tyrant cast field trip. Regardless, Krinkater asset. Thank you. So, um, <laughs> let's talk about the Blood Elves. Blood Elf, the new two Blood Elf zones that cover levels 1 through 20. So it's kind of like um, Elwyn Forest all told, from the starting area, Stormwind, and all of Elwynn Forest up to uh, Red Ridge, or... Uh, actually, no, it would be more like Elwynn Forest and Westfall, yeah. I guess. So, Elwynn Forest would be... It's up to e- about level 20, I guess. Right. Just from what I've seen. So, Eversong Woods is like Elwynn Forest, and Ghostlands is like Westfall, basically. There are so many quests that are in these places. It's richer in content than any other starting go- zones in the game that I have ever seen. Bottom line, um, I, I the, the Draenei might be very rich in content too, for all I know, uh, and I'm expecting to find out. But it, it amazed me how much content there was in these two starting zones. They've really done a bang up job. The two zones are much more cohesive in design for those zones. The the signs of the scourge attack from Warcraft Three: The Frozen Throne are evident almost immediately when you when you get in the game. And they get progressively worse as you gain levels. So as you actually work south down towards Ghostlands, the the signs of the Scourge and its effects on that area become more apparent. Uh, there's a place called the Dead Scar, actually, which is this ripped-up dead piece of land that literally runs all the way from the edge of Eastern Plaguelands all the way north up through Ghostlands and north up through Eversong Woods all the way to Silvermoon, where the, the Arthas and the... His scourge drove north to Silvermoon and attacked it. So it's it's pretty cool that it's still there. And still today, because of course they're undead, they still mindlessly walk up the dead scar like an undead highway towards Silvermoon. So it's pretty cool. It's so awesome because in World in Warcraft three, if you or and probably even I forget Warcraft two, but definitely in Warcraft three, when you played the undead, you would have to you know basically you had your base and you would make the ziggurats and wherever you built your buildings, you had to have that burnt land, wherever. What was it called? The this it was, the, oh, the yeah, blight. The blight. Yeah, it was the like blight. right. It was the blight, and the blight would come off, and you could only build your buildings on the blight. And that strip that goes right through, it's very clearly to me blight. I mean, it's just dead 
totally destroyed. It's like, you know, it's like the undead came right through there and just burned a giant, you know, trail right up to Silver Moon City. It's really cool. Actually, that reminds me, too. There's a, um, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about individual quests because I don't want to ruin the things for people, but there's a a specific quest um, in the 1 through 20 grind that deals with the blight and what it actually is, and they're trying to figure out ways to reverse it, and mm. you find out some kind of interesting things about it, about what it is and what it isn't. Penicillin cures all. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> there is, um, I mean, going along with the whole Dead Scarred thing, there's there's more design variety than I think I've ever seen in a, in a, two zones. There, there's many areas, many, there's many areas with different feels in the same zone. So, like, you'll be, you'll be in Eversong Woods, and you'll travels the equivalent of like half a mile and the whole zone will change. There'll be like this burnout area or there'll be, it'll go from like um, rolling grasslands to like mountainous terrain with completely different colors. Um, it, it's just, they, they really did a good job in making the zone feel really huge and diverse. So the, the contrast would be like Westfall and Elwyn again. Elwyn looks practically the same throughout the entire zone. Westfall looks the same throughout the entire zone. It's not that they're bad looking. It's that there's no diversity within it. Um, with both of the Blood, Blood Elf zones, uh, they're very diverse within those zones, and it's pretty cool. There's excellent new music and environmental sound effects throughout. That probably goes without saying. Yeah, but you should... You should mention if you have your music turned off, now is a good time to turn it back on. Because oh yeah, yeah without a doubt, it's really cool stuff. And the I think and I know a bunch of you guys are going to agree with me on this one. The the new capital city, which is called Silvermoon, probably one of the coolest things I have seen in the game, maybe period. It's a it's partially raised capital city of uh, the Blood Elves from the Scourge attack in Warcraft Three: The Frozen Throne. So, a part of that campaign had you attacking Silvermoon. So that part of the city, there's like a side of it, basically, that's still demolished. Um, and they just really haven't fixed it up. And it, it's sort of overrun by uh, by a separate faction in, of the Blood Elves now. Hmm. Um, it's just incredible design. There's tall, tall, like skyscraper buildings inside the city. Uh, it looks like kind of a cross between 1930s Art Deco with big bright, bright red colors and golds uh, meets... Star Wars The Phantom Menace, it looks a lot like Nabu, sort of. It's got that Nabu feel yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Without Jar Jar, which is, you know, Without only Jar good. Jar. Thank which God. Which is good. I don't know if you guys think that I was right about this or not. I have showed, I know I showed um, Kern, and I think I showed Bill. I'm not sure if I showed you probably or not, but there's um, like some New York City kind of design metaphors or symbols in there I, I picked up. It's like when you first walk through the gate, for example, um, there's like a um, Times Square right away. When you walk in, there's Times Square. And it kind of it looks like that because it looks like you walk in and there's like this um, V of, of two, two rows that come together and there's like this curved building that's right up front that, that is really vibrant and goes straight up and you look down either side and there's like skyscrapers wall to wall. And then the big one is is that in an area of the city called the Royal Exchange, which is kind of like the financial district of uh, Silvermoon, there is on one side of the street there's the bank. And the bank has got, it's a columned building. And on either side of the steps that lead up to into the entrance through the column building, there's two gold statues of uh, blood elves. And it, it very much resembles in some ways um, Wall Street, 
It kind of looks like the Wall Street building with the two big statues and the columns and the steps up. But even the trade exchange? Yeah, right, right. To emphasize that even more, when you turn around and look on the other side of the road, there's the auction house. And the auction house is in the base of a building that is Twin Towers. It looks, it goes, it's probably the highest structure in Silver Moon outside of uh, the building at the back, which is like the something of the sun. I don't remember what it was called, but it, it's a really high, high building, and it's two twin towers. And because they're all in the financial district, and there's other areas of it that looked up like New York, I wonder if that was a, a World Trade Center homage. Hmm, interesting. So, the, I don't know, but... Uh, they definitely have the pop culture references, but it's the attention to detail that really blows me away. So, for instance, the auction house and the bank, when you go into the bank... They actually have the velvet ropes and the lines you go up to, and there's basically, it almost looks like people behind, you know, the teller screen when you go into a regular bank. You turn around, you go over to the auction house, and there are people standing on platforms that are, look like they're, you know, they're ready to start doing the typical auction. Hey, we're looking for somebody over here, we're looking for sold! You know, it, it is really like cool an auction. actually did that, though. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you could pay yeah, a fee and have them actually, like, you know, auction off your stuff. Your right. That would be cool. It, it really just amazed me that there's so many, there's so much stuff that's like that in Silver Moon City. Not only just the way it looks, but if you actually spend some time in there and start absorbing this and go, hey, that is actually really cool. I think, Eula, you were telling me about this one thing that's below the Paladin area. Isn't that where they have your um, Naru or whatever? Yeah, they're the chain blood, up and there. It's in Farstrider Square and it's below. The, where the Blood Knight training area is. And, mm-hmm. and they've got a... Um, they're keeping a, a Naru down there, and they're, like, torturing him and draining his magic. And he's all breaking apart, kind of like the guy in Tron, and it's pretty pretty evil. And in fact, the Paladin quest leads you back there where you have to drain him yourself. Nice. Which actually see, leads me... So no, evil. see, this leads me to what I was going to say. See, did you do it, or though. did you just skip that quest? Because No, no, no. I, I, you did I, inhale, no. did you? This goes, no, I've got... <laughs> dude, it's a total RP moment, right? So this... Every time with the Warlock, I, there was a quest that I was like, aha, that's it. This is how I can be good in my mind, right? So this, <laughs> is, how, this is how I was able to twist it around that I'm... Self-justification. But I said, I was a little right, worried I, for your immortal soul until you completed that quest, and then I knew it was A-OK. <laughs> <laughs> so so you go up and to drain the the naru and so <laughs> it sounds like slang for right. something else. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go drain and <laughs> Excuse me, I got to so go drain go the naru. I'll be right, right back. Trying to find a different term. Tap the naru. Poke the naru. Well, you know, they, they they suck from mana worms. Suck so what, the what naru. That <laughs> <laughs> That's even worse, I think. Yeah. Um, so I um, I the borrowed Naru. the magical abilities of the Naru. Well, that's just boring. <laughs> and, and I figured that um, in that in that moment in my RP world, uh, the the Naru communicated to me psychically. I don't, I don't know if they're psychic, but fun. I mean, come on, you know, it's, it's my own world. So, and he said, he said, Eloisius. <laughs> Help me! I am trapped by the evil of your people, and inside I know that your heart is good. And I said, yes, Naru, it is true. You are good, and I don't want to be like my people. I will free them from their magical obsession and addiction to magic. Help me, give me some of your power, so I can be the good paladin that will set my people free, the hero of the Blood Elves. And the Naru said to me, yes, Eloisius, I will give you a taste of my power. Come, poke me. 
Lick me. <laughs> Suck my power away from me, and I will give you the strength I love you, you need. Eloy. Don't, don't interrupt my This story. RP is going in a direction that that's making me a little uncomfortable. I don't know. Yeah, this is getting a little strange. Okay, well, whatever. But that's so, so, so I am the, the Naru-empowered super paladin, and that's all I'm saying. So if you're a pod person and you're wondering why when you send messages to Eloy, sometimes you never get a response. This is why. Yeah. This is how he spends his evenings. He sits there. Oh, Naru! Please tap my essence. He's out there polishing his shock stick. Actually, no, I have to tell you a story. Uh, oh, uh, one of our guildies named Funkzilla, uh, I was actually standing in the Naru area up on the steps looking at the Naru, right? And I'm just standing there, and Funkzilla comes up next to me. And, you know, I mean, it's not like there's no body language in the game, but as much as you can evoke body language from how someone moves their character. So Funkzilla walks up uh, beside me. I'm standing there looking at the Naru. He kind it. of, he doesn't say anything. He, his little character goes doot 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 and turns to look at me. I say nothing. He says nothing. He goes doot 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 doot, turns back to look at the Naru, and I say, Hey, Funk, looks really cool, doesn't it? And he goes, Lol, yeah. <laughs> and I said, I wonder if there's a whole backstory to these guys. Like, if we'll find out there's like a bunch more of them and stuff. And he goes, Lol, RP noob. <laughs> See you later. And he runs away. Pwned. And I figured it, yeah, I figured at that moment That's that it boy. was clear that, um, Funkzilla's paladin character was not a part of the He's light that I was absorbed yeah. by my friend the Naru, and he would not be the hero. I would one day have to deal with him. Okay, so let me you've just been make warned, sure, Let me make sure that I'm understanding this correctly. Uh-huh. You're playing a computer game uh-huh. where a light-guided being is speaking to you. In Psych- real life. Uh, uh, psychically. Through psychically. the computer. Psychically. Right. Does this coincide life. with you not taking your medication? No, you I, the, no, no, no. He, giving you the ability no. to choose to be good when you're actually the bane of everyone's existence. Look, I, I know it's wait, complex. Wait, I want to make sure I got this absolutely straight. Eloy is out on the ledge talking to a Nehru, RPing his little heart out, while Kern Katera is out ganking people out in the <laughs> Outlands. Um, roll reversal. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Bill, the Naru's name Very um, happily. is Fred. <laughs> Fred. Actually, the Naru. the Naru's name is Muru, if you really want <laughs> is to be it, is Muru the Naru? Okay, he, pre- he prefers Fred. He finds it Muru's kind of <laughs> like... Muru's kind of... He got teased a lot in Naru it in elementary school. You know, and, oh, Muru the Naru. And you saw where that ended up. Yeah, yeah. Muru the Naru! Yeah, and he didn't <laughs> like that. He was really pissed off. So, so anyways, <laughs> I was trying to say, so that, that dovetails yes, perfectly continue. into the Blood Elf culture. Mm. Right? I need another drink. <laughs> you just keep telling yourself and do your seals or whatever. So, all right. So, the Blood Elf culture is really fascinating. They did a good job with it. They are not if you, through the quests and the interactions you have with the NPCs. They are not as directly evil as we thought. There's shades of gray. There are some that are horribly evil and some not so much. There, there's kind of two factions within it. There's the Magisters and the Farstriders, and the Farstriders are like uh, Rangers. Uh, like Lord of the Rings Ranger guys. And I don't want to hazard to say that either one of them is good, per se, but the Magisters are clearly bad. They're they're the guys that have brought on this magical addiction uh, that people are dealing with and are constantly searching for ways to... They're the guys that captured the Naru and started the whole paladin movement. But, they're, did, they're they, but did they put the magic in your mouth, or did you have to actually make... Did you make, open it up and... Right. It was the first hit for you? <laughs> Did they put the magic in your mouth? Is that what you just asked? Because I wasn't sure. Or has the magic always been there? You guys are breaking up a little bit. Kirk Kader, I want you to give us a clean read on Tavern Cast. Put the magic in your mouth. Come on, go. 
PM, let's do it right now. And beep. Take one, current container, magic in your mouth, tavern cast. Beep. <laughs> that didn't sound right. Uh, there's something missing from that. Beep. Take two, magic in your mouth, current container, and go. <laughs> We put the magic in the mouth. Hi, this is Curran Kater. We're welcome to Tavern Cast, where we put the magic in your mouth. <laughs> Beep. That works. Take three, Curran Kater, magic in your mouth, promo Tavern Cast. Take three. Beep. Marker. I'm sorry I ever said those four words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Take five, Curran Kater, magic in your mouth, promo. I refuse. Okay, do tell you what, how about this? Come on, I need for the end. Tavern Cast fans. <laughs> Subscribe or submit your version of "We Put the Magic in Your Mouth." <laughs> That's right. You can do it through the ta- through the Skype line, and Some, if, it, if we like it, we'll play it. Somehow, this is not an after-hour show, but we have strayed so far from my point here. <laughs> well, starting this week, week an all-new tavern cast. Eloy puts the magic in your mouth. <laughs> So everything's magical uh, with the Blood Elves. They've got floating buildings, floating greenery, floating plants, um, signposts brooms. in the cities that write themselves. Right, shrubbery Come brooms, the brooms are cool. Yeah, they're floating brooms. They're like the brooms from uh, Fantasia. It was the Magician's Apprentice, the Sorcerer's Apprentice, yeah. Sorcerer's Apprentice, yeah. Well, to add to that too, there, there, there's a magic addiction that's prevalent, and it, you don't. Some of the quests talk about it, but it's it's almost like the blood elves themselves don't want to be outward about how addicted they are to magic, which is kind of cool in the way that they wrote it. There's um there's like addicts on the streets. If you go into Silvermoon, there's like sort of dark quarters and some little alleys where occasionally you'll see an NPC that's like in the sleep character position Mm -hmm. with a bottle or with something else and they're like big old bottle of magic yeah they're like these dudes that are just like passed out or all you know whacked out on on hitting up too much magic and to even make it more obvious there's sort of like the heroin addicts of the magic addiction people and they're called the wretched they're like these mana vampire guys so they're blood elves that are so far gone in their magic addiction that they're just like freaked out and they're in these roving bands of dudes that are trying really? to like attack you and they look like they're all faces are all sunken in and they're like these all pale skinned whatever so it's God. pretty interesting kids um, don't do magic so where <laughs> magic is whack. the area is really um really kind of outwardly pretty but there's like this weird undercurrent of tight control like if you ask some of the um the npcs it's very like roman like or maybe dictatorial like uh, you talk to the NPCs, the guards. Other guards will be like, you know, the Undercity is like, Me no know where to send you. You go look for a bright lady. She in Dark City downstairs. Me stupid. You know, the Orc City is kind of like that. The Alliance is like, How can I help ye? You know what I mean? So it's it's like that. These guys are like, Be on your way. Get out of my face. Move along. I mean, it's very like, you know... Is that uh, all of them? Because I think when I was through, or at least some of the um, the Blood Elves that I've come in contact with, like in the Undercity that have been stationed there, they're always... They're different. They're, those are like the envoys. I'm talking about the guards. Oh. The guards mm-hmm. are real, like, strict and regimented. Um, there's, uh, they've got, like, these, these walking constructs on the streets of Silvermoon that walk around, and they're like, you know, they, they keep saying things, and it's like, a clean city is a healthy city. You will keep order by keeping your city clean. This will be enforced. Mm. I mean, it's like they're very, like... Very, very nice pally thing to say. Awesome. 
Valleys um, are good, Bill. And oh, there's yeah. like this there's a there's a segment of society that's like the elite of the blood elves, and they're all like out in the countryside partying away. In fact, there's a quest that has you deal with trying to like go around and get them a bunch of booze and food and nonsense so that they can come back to their elite party. And it's all like the Paris Hiltons at this party, and they're all just they don't care what's going on. They're just shooting up on magic and drinking and boozing away out in the countryside. <laughs> Did you talk to them? So they're really self-destructive. You could go around and like talk to those NPCs before you actually complete the quest and get all the... I think even afterwards. And I I love, love the condescending laugh of the blood elf females. Just, it's just kind of... <laughs> I mean, it's so like... <laughs> it makes me feel so small. Like, ugh. <laughs> like, oh, man. I mean, they totally nailed that. Well, and there's um, there's some signs of disaffection, maybe a potential splinter group. Um, it's kind of hard to tell, but there's a in the bazaar area of Silvermoon. There's a, a side over way off to the side where there's this group there that are concerned about joining the horde and what it means. And Ooh. the guys that are basically spreading the message about That's we bizarre. don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. It's biz- it's bizarre in the bazaar. How bizarre? Oh, it's bizarre. freaky deaky in the bazaar. Can you buy a tabard um, there? But the guys that are, like, talking to the crowd or whatever, the crowd doesn't really like them. And it's, it's unclear to me as who they are. If they're maybe the rangers or... Um, it's not clear. But at any rate, there's definitely signs of some of the blood elves don't want to go down the path they're going down. So kind of kind of interesting. So when you get outside, uh, out in Eversong and also into Ghostlands, there's a heavy forest troll population as well as the undead that I already talked about. Um, there's some nice new character model updates. The trolls don't look the same as the uh, player character trolls anymore which is kind of cool. There's this uh, huge, two actually, in both Ghostlands and Eversong, huge, immense troll gates. Uh, and it's a new instance that's coming called Zalaman. It's kind of like Zalgurub. It's going to be a level 70 epic outdoor dungeon. Jeez. Uh, 10 and 25 man instances in it. It's not open yet. They figure in the next couple patches it will be. But the gates... And it's in the Night Elf starting area? Yeah. Blood Elf. Blood Elf. Uh, um, God. <laughs> the Blood Elf starting area, they have a level 70 instance. Yeah, pretty cool. That's what it's going to be. That and is, it, um, awesome. when I say the gates are huge, I'm talking like imagine being in King Kong the movie for real and standing at the Kong gates and looking up like that. It's freaking Like ginormous. the size of the portal in uh, on the Outland side? Not quite that big, <clears throat> but it's big. It's pretty, pretty ginormous. Big. Yeah, it makes Zalgurub awesome. look like a joke, actually, mm. as far as total size of what you're looking at. Mm. The next time we come back for the show, I'm going to give you the other half of the Blood Elf starting area, which will be the forest troll population within both zones, and also um, an overview over Ghostlands, which should be pretty cool. So I will hit you with that next time. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in to TavernCast 31. Be sure to visit us online at our new website at www.taverncast.com. Sign up for our forums, read our blogs, check out all the really cool and swirt content. You can also call us on our Skype line at area code 734-418-8727. Leave us a really witty message or question, and you might get it read on the show. Also, while you're there, please, uh, if you like the show, please support the show by donating to TavernCast. You can do that through our website. Uh, donations in the amount of $15 or more get you access to our special subscribers area, which we are due to put some new stuff on, so that will be coming soon. And uh, it helps us pay for the costs associated with producing the show. So if you like it and you want to keep hearing it, please donate. Can you record a made-up voice for my Nehru friend, Fred? 
Hello, Yunhui. This is Maru the Neidu. I am so, so incredibly happy with you. The paladin, please suck on my mana and feed from me. In fact, put the happiness back in your mouth. You will enjoy I hope you leveled like I did. I don't get it. Thank thank you, I shower. That's disgusting. Thank you, Eloisius the Paladin. Everyone else just goes on, grinds away, levels on me, and just runs off while I'm sitting here. You're the first to actually talk to me. I fear we almost have a psychic connection. In fact, I think I'm falling in love with you. Take me away, Eloisius. Take me. Take me now and enjoy my mana. Thank you. Okay, I'm done now. So that's Tabercast 31. We've enjoyed your presence. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Tavern Cast is recorded live in front of a studio audience. Tavern Cast does not endorse underage drinking and reminds those of you who are of age to have a stout heart and drink responsibly. Tavern Cast is a Snapdragon production and part of the Tavern Cast family of podcasts. Visit us online at www.taverncast.com. Where's our cookies? I'm Where's our cookies? You know what would be good would be some... Oh, crap! So I'm going to try a few different takes on this and, you know, go with the, what you think works. Uh, I've seen you in a vision, Nehru. My race's only hope for survival lies with you. Uh, I've seen you in a vision, Nehru. My race's only hope for survival lies with you. <laughs> My race's only hope for survival lies with you. Okay, what if these uh, blood elves are all ethereal? My race's only hope of survival lies with you. Okay. So, seals can be used together on paladins and combinations to produce better effects. So, for an example, you've got Seal of Crusader and Seal of Righteousness, and you've got the Judgment that actually, you know, releases some energy from that seal. So, a lot of people think that you just lay down the seal and then you judge it. A good example of that is first-time paladins will lay down Seal of Righteousness, and if you judge it, it does instant holy damage to an enemy. And they'll use that as, like, some direct damage instant spell and that's fine to use it that way it's meant to be used that way if you want to but what people don't know is that you can use the seals in combination the seals and judges in combination so a good example of how to use them in combination for an early paladin is to take seal of the crusader which basically increases your melee attack speed and you instantly use judgment and what that does is it ups the holy damage taken by the mob so now that the mob's taking more holy damage you instantly apply seal of righteousness with its added holy damage inherent to that seal, and overall, your damage done is raised. 
So by combining the seals, by reading what it says in the tooltips about those seals, you can actually be a much more effective paladin with your seals than just using one at a time. And I find a lot of people didn't know that, and that is my tip. So let me ask you. I know when I started using a pally, like like a rogue, I always considered a judgment, like a finishing move. You use that seal all the way to its duration till it finally ends, and then judge it at the end to get that kind of burst damage at the end as the finisher. But that's not really what it needs to be, if, if I hear you correctly. Well, no, actually, you can still do that. Using the same the same analogy I just gave, you can do Seal of the Crusader, instantly judge it to up the holy damage, apply Seal of Righteousness, so your overall damage is now pretty much doubled. You fight the mob for a little while until Judgment you know, pops up again, and then you have that instant spell off Righteousness again that does And then the you judge again. So you still get the finishing. Awesome. Move. Right. So it's, it's Crusader, then Judge, then... The other one, then judge it. Righteousness, Righteousness then judge again. Just it's almost like a it's a it's a ballet of seal judge seal judge. You know seal, that's a judge. lot of uh, judging that's going on here. Yeah. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I just visualized a seal ballet. Seal ballet. <laughs> a seal and then a guy, a guy in judge's <laughs> robes. <laughs> <and> a seal in <laughs> <and> judge's <laughs> robes. Judge, 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 judge. I never should have played a paladin. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> <laughs>